been to episode 14 of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I am so glad to have you back. I am your host, Jay Gallegos. And as you know, I am very passionate about leadership development, learning and growing spiritually, as well as helping others grow in life and in their leadership. Join me and our guest as we delve into spiritual and practical topics based on the word of God, just so we can get one step closer and further along in becoming who God has intended us to be one step at a time simply because we want to be effective and make an impact in every area of our life. And well, I had the privilege and opportunity to have a great conversation with my good friend, Brother Javier Velasquez. He and his wife have a wonderful family. Together, they are the longtime youth pastors at Mundo Pentecostal in Pasadena, Texas, or known as MP. They are the directors of JCM, and they have vast experience in leadership and youth ministry. Also, Brother Velasquez currently leads the Young Adults or Hyphen Group for the UPCI's South Texas District Spanish Ministries. And in this episode, Brother Velasquez talks about leadership, all things youth ministry that are very, very helpful to all of us. And we discuss interesting views on how to lead young adults. And well, I found this conversation to be valuable and very inspiring. It is a pleasure to invite you into my conversation with Brother Javier Velasquez. Brother Javier Velasquez, it's so good to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you, Brother Gallegos. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. It's uh, I've been, you know, kind of anticipating this moment when you inv first invited me. So, yeah, thank you I for hope everything goes good, and I hope I can be a blessing. <laughs> yeah, I love being around you, bro. I love your ministry. I love what you've done with young people the way that you and your wife, your family, the way you serve, uh, it's very impactful. And, and it bleeds off the way that you carry yourself in public, the way you carry yourself uh, in, in ministry, the way you go by your, um, your, your ministry in general is just is very impactful. And I've had an opportunity to work around you for, um, for several years. I've had an opportunity to know you for, for a while now. And I remember going back to um, when I first started in youth ministry, you were already getting involved. You were already involved with youth ministry. You were already involved in, in uh, a lot of church work. So for ministry for you has been a big part of your life, right? And how, how did you originally get involved in ministry or specifically with youth ministry in the early days? Uh, man, Brother Gagos, when I, when I first got, um, you know, when I first started this walk with God, I remember uh, when I got, kind of just gave everything to him. I didn't really plan on ministry. didn't even know what ministry was. I just knew that I wanted to do something for him. I knew that uh, I guess when he filled me with his spirit, at that moment, uh, it was a small church in Kalina Park. Or I just felt like, man, this is what I was born to do. I was born to serve God. And that's, you know... Again, didn't know what ministry was. Uh, didn't really know much about God. I just knew and I wanted to serve him. I wanted to do something for him. So yeah, that was the initial you know, thought that came to my mind. Yeah, but, that's great. And I remember being a part or actually visiting the first regional service that I had ever been to. And actually it was at Pastor Burnett's church. And I remember you being in the front, just very animated, very, you were worshiping and you were just you know, really out there. And then that to me really stood out and kind of set, um, set really the, the, the path for me for a very good example. And I was able to, to 
get in contact with you and and you know we 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 knew each other from there and then our connections just kind of everything just kind of fell into place but just even early on just being around you from afar uh i was able to to be influenced by you and um yeah i just want you to know that i appreciate your life and your ministry and your family uh quite a lot <laughs> yeah brother believe it or not that's my first uh ministry was uh the ushers i was uh 21 years old and I uh, started in the ushers with the ushers, and I think within two or three months, uh, I was already the leaders of the, the leader of the ushers. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what, that was actually my first ministry. Yeah, that's awesome, and that's a and, great place to to get started and to learn to serve and to and to get acclimated with a lot of uh, the nuances in ministry and a lot of uh, the rhythms, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just wanted to do something, and God eventually brought me to the youth. You know. Uh, did you see yourself being a part of the youth ministry right away, or is that something that just captivated you as you went on, or uh, did that happen um, uh, just as as you went on in ministry and as you grew? Uh, well, as crazy as it is, my like the first church um, where I got saved again, I was in the ushers. I became leader of the ushers, and they had a, a youth ministry going on. They had a little committee. They had uh, running the department, but you know, I was I wasn't actually a part of that. I just kind of attended the services, the the, the fastings, and whatever they had for the youth. And, and it wasn't until I got married, um, and it wasn't until I got married is when I started the you know ministry, which is in 2004, I, I believe I got married, and then, um, it was October 9th, and then January of uh, 2005 is when our, our pastor asked me and my wife to just kind of run the youth department to take it over. Yeah, so. that's, that's amazing. And to be able to do it as long as you have been doing it and be involved as long as you have, that's amazing. And that's a testament in, of its own. And uh, that's a huge example to a lot of youth leaders, youth pastors, just simply because the longevity of youth ministry, it, it, puts a toll on you. It really wears on you. And it's, and you really have to have a passion for it and you can't, you can't do it just for the, for the platform. You can't do it for the, or any other reason, just for the passion for the young people. You really got to have that burden, you know, first of all, for, for, for Jesus, but for the people as well. Brother Gagos, the youth ministry is not, I mean, the, the men's ministry, the women's ministry, the children's ministry are very important. They're just as important. But the difference between the leadership and those two, I feel, just, just my opinion yep. now, uh, is you can, you can tr you, know, you know, change leaders every year with the men, the, the women. But the youth, I feel like they need uh, to establish a relationship with the leader. And if you're, if you're switching out leaders every year, they really don't get to build a relationship uh with their leader and it's very hard because youth their mentality everything about them is so different from an adult so uh, that's why i feel that it is important that if you any church does decide to put a, a youth leader for them to to look you know for long term in that ministry to stay with it uh and start to build a relationship with the with the youth there and i think you'll be a whole lot more effective doing that yeah, I agree. And for, as you mentioned that, the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is looking at statistics, just kind of based on numbers and in a very general, general high level view here. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but typically 
the majority of families come from um, broken homes or young people come from broken homes where mom is not present, dad is not present, or there's been some kind of um, some kind of troubling going on in the home and there's a lot of issues. So by saying that, what I mean is like there's they're accustomed to seeing someone either walking out or maybe leaving. And there's that detachment um, that's that's probably they're carrying in their heart. So whenever you're switching from leader to leader to leader, maybe every other year, maybe every year, I completely agree with what you're saying that you don't really get that 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 relationship built with that person. And maybe to them, it feels like, well, here's someone else walking out of my life again. And then you got to get reinvested and then reacclimated with in a relationship with someone else. And we know how complicated and challenging that can be. Man, that is a great example. That I couldn't have hit it on the nail any more than you just did right now. That they need a relationship, and and I've seen in my years where we've used other other uh, couples or other leaders to help us, and something troubles them, and something kind of like uh, I guess discourages them, and they decide to just kind of walk. You know, I'm I'm going to take a break, brother brother Javier. I'm going to take a uh, you know, some time off. And what they're seeing in that moment, again, everything that I say to you right now is going to be 100% my opinion. Yeah. Uh, if anybody feels something different, that's fine. I'm not trying to say, you know, this is law, but what I feel is these leaders that decide to take a break or because something, you know, bothers them or something troubles them, they're not looking at all these, these kids, these youth that are at one point started to look up to them, started to see them as somebody important in their life. And when they say, you know what, I, I didn't like this, or I didn't uh, feel this was right, or I'm tired, or I'm going through so much, that moment they leave, man, they just, they just kind of really hurt this. And I've, I've heard this before, you know, they said, well, they, you know, they abandoned us, you know, and these, these youth, they need, they need a relationship. They need someone it's going to just help them and be there with them and care for them, you know? So uh, don't throw in the towel ever. Don't get tired. Push, 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 you know? They need it. Just like, I mean, that example with the mother and the father is, is a great example. Yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. And just simply the, um, the relationship that is built. I, I've noticed over time that young people that are troubled or maybe that have that strong character because not everybody's just easily likable and that's just truth right like it's not every you can't you can't just have the same equal relationship across the board with everybody but for the ones that seem to kind of have that you know they seem like they brush you off a little bit or they seem like they really don't care but you hope that deep down they really do you know it seems like they you you, you say hello and it's just more of a just straight face you know just kind of like whatever and 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 they throw you crazy but I've noticed that if you continually do that as a leader, you continually do that over and over and over through repetition and you show the love, you show the love, even if they throw you crazy, they throw you a straight face, they, however it is that you react, that they react, it doesn't matter. You continue just repetitively come up to them, approach them, love on them, you know, do something outside of the box for them, you know, something so simple as like remembering their birthdays, remembering something that they said, asking them something about their day, something that they posted about. Uh, something relevant to their life that has stood out to me much more than some of the bigger things that we plan out or that, that we try to like, you know, make a big splash with in their life. And it's usually the little things. Would you agree? 
man, I, I agree hundred percent. They, they say that the young, young youth, um, I guess 12 to 18, that, uh, when they first meet you, that that age group is thinking, will he accept me or will they accept me? Or what do they think about me? You know, do they like me? And then the older youth, the, the hyphen or in Lashley group are thinking when they first meet someone, do I like them? You know, (laughs) what do I think about this person? And I believe that to be true. You know, I've I've seen it in a lot of, uh, in, in the years of working with these kids, you know, when I, when I say kids, I mean, I'm 43 right now. So 25 is still a kid to me. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. So how do you balance that? And how do you split that between the young person and the leader? The young person's thinking, are they going to like me? Are they going to accept me? That that, that acceptance is huge amongst young people. But how can the leader in that view get caught up in that same question? Will they like me? Will they accept me? Because the leader can get caught up in that too and then be limited themselves. Well, in order to be uh, in order to be a, a leader with this department, you have to just put yourself aside. You have to completely understand that they might not uh, appreciate you, that they might forget what you did for them last year. It has to be 100 percent in your mind that I'm here to serve. I'm here to bless them. I'm here to help them. And whether they like you or don't like you, if you're doing it for them, then, uh, you know, it's, it's, it won't affect you if they don't, because there, there will be, there will be youth that will just not like you no matter what, no matter how much, no matter the time, the, the, the everything that you put into them for some reason, you know, they just, they won't accept you. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's so true. Yeah. That's so true. You deal with so many different personalities and you deal with, uh, different backgrounds and you never know really who's walking into your building. You never know who's walking into uh, your group. Uh, there's, there's so much that goes on nowadays, but right now you have so much going on. You have, you have full-time work, you have ministry, you have family, uh, and you're involved also with the district, you know, uh, leading the hyphen group. Now, how do you balance all of that? How do you balance all different categories and continue being effective in, in all of them in work, family, ministry, your, your home church? I know you're very devoted. You and your wife uh, have a lot, um, a lot of time dedicated there as well. How do, you, how do you manage all of this personally and still remain effective? I think the, the, the number one thing that has helped me is keeping my family involved. If my wife is involved and my kids are involved, then they're helping me now. They're not something I'm pulling along with me. They're not a burden. I'm not having to take time off the ministry to be with them because we're in this together. Me and my wife, we work together in everything, whether it's our church, whether it's the youth, whether it's the district. And I think it's important. It's important that if you are married or not married, that if there is somebody in your life that you both are working together in whatever you're doing. So uh, I do, I do involve her a lot. I'm, I'm starting to involve my kids. My kids have been part of this, a, a part of this since the beginning. I, I have pictures of our first camps, our first conferences. And my, my oldest is just a kid running around with, with all these youth, you know, he, he kind of grew up with all this with them. Um, uh, and, and just, just a schedule. Try, try to, um, um, 
it's, it's very hard. I don't think it's effective to do 10% of everything. Uh, I think you, you kind of put what's more important for you and, and, and try to give all you can to that. So uh, with the district, my church, um, it's the youth. That's what I focus on. So there are things that I can use in my church that I can use in the district and, and vice versa. And, and then on top of that, teams. You want to build teams to help you in your ministry. So apart from my family, you want to use, you know, the way Brother Wentworth is working the, you know, the, this year in, the, in his ministry is building a team, delegate work, and you'll be a whole lot more effective. And apart from that, you're going to start building new leaders. So teams and just involving your family with you, you know. Talk to me a little bit about JCM. You and your wife put on uh, an amazing conference. The church puts on an amazing conference, Jóvenes Contra Mundo. And just uh, for the audience, the ones that don't know, um, you and I both attend and support the uh, Spanish ministry, Spanish churches. Um, so JCM, is where, where did the vision begin and where is it now? JCM, it started with uh, just an idea of trying to give the youth something to be a part of. I feel like... The youth, um, they don't want to be identified as something. So that's, I think that's why a lot of churches, they come up with with names for their youth groups. So that, that, that's all it really started with, was just let's come up with a name for our youth group. And I remember being in a, in, in a room with our committee, and we just started brainstorming. And they, we came up with this name, Jovenes Contra Mundo. And the conference, the camp, and all that, it was directed and focused on our youth group. You know, we weren't thinking about involving or opening the doors to other churches. It was a time for our youth uh, to focus on them. We, we brought out, you know, we brought a, an outside music group, outside preachers. Uh, we involved other churches to help minister to our youth. That way they weren't involved in any of the setup. They weren't involved in any of the practices or nothing. They could come and just fully receive, you know. So it started with like that. We used a hotel for the first year. I think it was 2012 or 13, but we used the hotel just to kind of get them out of their their uh, you know normal atmosphere inside of a church. They were they were able to go to a hotel, stay in a room, and it just grew from there. We started to have it every year and we noticed the effect it was having on our youth group and we wanted to share it with others. So we decided to open the doors and, and just bring everybody together, you know. But the, the initial idea was to focus on our youth group to, to just bless them and build them up. Yeah, that's amazing. And the way that you and your wife and the team put that on every year, it's amazing. Where do you want to see JCM in the upcoming years? It has gotten a lot, a lot more challenging, Brother Gagos, because I see now, and there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's a blessing. I think it's great. But uh, a lot more churches now are having their own conferences, and, and it's good. So, I mean, the idea was to see this grow. It was a, a conference that that we were able to decide, to plan, to put together. So uh, that's where... Uh, I, I guess the book uh, we liked about it the most was that we were able to decide who the preachers were, who the musicians were, program the whole thing. And, uh, you know, we, we wanted to see it grow. We, we used the Pasadena Convention Center one year, and it was great. We wanted to see it keep getting, you know, um, bigger to where we could actually go to a, 
a larger location involved more churches and uh but i mean again again it has been challenging because there are a lot more conferences now so i don't want to say the youth are getting tired of it or getting tired of conferences because they're not they i mean the outcome at all these events uh they're they're you know good crowds good sized crowds so they, they are hungry they are wanting it so uh i'd like to see it get bigger i'd like to see us continue with it every year uh if it does go back to where it's just our church again i, I wouldn't be sad with that either you know because that was the initial idea but yeah. you know whatever god wants right speaking of challenges and growth we know that as you grow and as something grows it comes with new challenges it comes with new new difficulties what keeps you inspired to continue doing that you know what makes you get up every day and say this is why we do it or at the end of the event at the beginning of the event remembering this is why we do it uh what keeps you inspired to continue working with young people young adults that hyphen that 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 specific age group between 18 to, to 30 maybe uh year after year what makes you say this is why i do it seeing them in the altar I think that one of the one of the things that helps me see and know that God is real and keeps me doing this is when I see them in the altar and I see them uh, receiving the Holy Spirit and I receive I see them just crying out to God because uh, it's a testimony to me that God is real apart from everything else that God has sh- showed me and done in my life, but. To see a 12, 13-year-old, 14-year-old who are normally embarrassed, normally ashamed of things, they, they want to do what everyone else is doing, uh, to, to take that, that type of person at that age and get them to cry out to God is almost impossible. So when I do see it, it helps me know that God is real, and it helps me keep going because I know that if we can get another one to do it, we can get another one closer to God. That's why we do it, you know. We do it for that. Uh, there's so many youth that we've counseled that were going through so many things. They were some of them were ready to take their life, you know. Yeah. And when you can bring them away from that, and you can see them in the altar, you can see them worshiping, you can see them maybe one day preaching, singing. It's just like, man, it was worth it. It was worth it, you know. Yeah, that's definitely something that money cannot buy. Seeing the growth in their lives, seeing seeing their relationship grow with, with Jesus in their lives, seeing how they uh, acclimate themselves to ministry and grow. I think that's, for me personally, I completely agree, and I, I understand where you're coming from. Just being able to see that is just a, a, a fulfillment and a joy that money cannot buy and you can't get anywhere else. So being able to grow year after year, uh, that means that you've been engaged with the young people. And that means that you've been relatable to them. Uh, you've been in, involved in their life. And so much has changed really from whenever you began, when I began in youth ministry back in the early 2000s. I think I got involved uh, maybe 04, 05. So, so much has changed since then. For you personally, how have you been able to pivot and adapt through the years and through the changes and still remain engaged with the young people in a way that's still impactful? Uh, yeah, it has been challenging. That that it has been just the times have changed, but uh, I think the biggest help, um, I want to say, relationships, building relationship with these 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 uh, kids, um, 
I think that's been the biggest help. And again, we, we spoke a little bit about it earlier. Just I think the relationship is what, what these uh, these youth need. And you're able to impact them because if you don't have a relationship with them, they're going to close their mind to whatever advice you give them. They're going to close their heart to whatever help you're trying to show them or whatever uh, care you're trying to show them. You know, they're, they're not going to believe it. They're going to think it's artificial or you're just doing it because that's your position. But uh, you build a relationship with them, man, it's just they're going to say every time you speak to them, they're going to know, man, he's giving me good advice. He's He cares for me. Uh, and uh, no matter how much the world changes, no matter what comes into the church, they know that they have somebody they can trust. They know they have somebody they can go to to look for advice. Uh, you know, as much as I would love it to be their mom and dad for some reason, you know, and I'm learning now that with my own teenager now that it's just not like that. They just will not. Uh, whenever we counsel them, that's the first thing we ask them. You know, what, do, what does your mom and dad say about it? Or, you know, have you have you told them? And a lot of times they just you know, I haven't told them. They don't listen. They'll, they'll never understand. So building a relationship with them and making sure that you're giving them the right advice. You're not putting them against their parents. You're not putting them against other leaders, you're not putting them against their pastor, because th- that, too, will, will eventually run out. Sometimes I think that's the biggest mistake some leaders do is they think that they want to grab or gain their the, their acceptance. And in doing that, if their youth opens up and says something about you know negative about their parents, a lot of uh, leaders will, will kind of run with that. Yeah, you know, they, they really don't understand. They're a lot older. And, and in reality, you're hurting them. And eventually that, that will break that relationship. So always be uh, that's good. You know, positive with them. Yeah, that's really good. That's fantastic advice. Uh, I couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, Now you have your family. Uh, I have two boys myself, and that's something that I'm learning as well. Um, After so many years of working with young people, I've told my wife here recently, mine are still young and they're not quite into that, that teenage age yet, but they're on their way and we're seeing them change. We're seeing them grow, especially with my older one. He just turned 10. But we're kind of seeing the beginning of that that preteen phase, that that those early stages where the character begins to kind of change a little bit, you know. But the reason why I bring that up is because I was talking to my wife about that. And I've even mentioned it to the church. And I said, over the years, we've invested so much in other young people whenever they were in that difficult time, they were in that difficult age. And my prayer is that one day, and I know that it's coming. That one day, whenever my boys will not listen to my guidance or maybe want to go through that phase where they say, well, mom and dad are crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. I don't want to talk to them. Maybe basically I just don't want to open up to them. I hope that one day the young people that we've poured out to, Brother Velasquez, the young people that you've poured into, um, the, the ones that we've all invested in somehow say, hey, you know what? They, they, they step in. And and give them, give our kids the advice that we're giving someone else's kids and reciprocate that same flow. It's a the, the word of God is truth, brother. It's truth. So I mean, what you sow is what you reap. So as long as we're sowing, I believe uh, the good advice, you know, positive advice keeping them loyal to their to their parents honor the it's biblical honor your mother and father 
I think that someone who one day God is going to establish a leader, if God tarries anymore, uh, a leader that's going to do the same to our kids, you know. It is hard. It's scary, brother. It is scary. (laughs) Yeah, I know it. You have boys. I have two boys. Um, I don't know if we're done yet. I don't know. That's still a a conversation. We're still going back and forth. But needless to say, I know the time is coming and it's never going to be just, you know, the childlike uh, kid. You know, they're going to go through a difficult time and, and it's a learning process. And to me, that's that's why it's so important to continue staying connected to God, can you know, studying and learning everything that we can about, you know, how the how the changes go through life and continue learning through that. But whenever you're talking about growth and the young people, we kind of touched on that a little bit. And I'd kind of like to circle back on 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 the growth and and the long-term success of the youth ministry because that involves also the young the the youth pastor, the youth leader, and um, your advice was to have a youth leader for long term. What are some of the things that can support the long-term success in youth ministry for the leader and or the group? I think that you have to to be successful. And I, I'm not saying by any means that I'm successful. Um, I just think that uh, you, you have to be in the now. You have to live and everything you do has to be in the now. Because in the, in the 18 years, I didn't expect to be this long in the youth ministry. Uh, we've tried... A number of times to try to build up new leaders, someone to take the torch. Uh, but God, he continues to keep us here. So through 18 years, uh, I've seen uh, just youth come and youth go. I've seen the youth numbers grow, the youth numbers fall. So I think that if you're looking to to try to build up this large number of youth, I think you're you're doing it. I don't know how to put it because of so much change that happens in the youth department with, with coming and going and new youth coming in and new youth go and old youth leaving. Mm -hmm. If you live in in the future, which is, I'm not saying don't plan. You need to plan. You need to prepare. You need to establish a good foundation, but don't save that, that, that event for a, a larger crowd. Don't save that preaching. Don't save that advice. Don't save anything for later. Do it now. Do it for the youth group that you have in front of you. You, you can't you can't define the success on what you see um, on numbers. Right. That's what I'm saying. Because sometimes you're going to have a large group. Sometimes you're going to have a small group. Success, I believe, is in, is what you're doing right now for that young person that's in front of you. That is great advice. You know, avoiding that numbers trap and, and what we see in front of ourselves, it's easy to define a successful youth group or maybe for a younger leader, maybe first two, maybe even three years in, in youth ministry. Someone can feel that, hey, we're doing it. We got this. You know, we're doing it right. And then not not or maybe it can be easily you can easily oversee some of the challenges that lie in the road up ahead just by just by ba- basing off of the numbers and falling into that numbers trap and seeing, hey, we're doing this right. You know, so how do we avoid that numbers trap and and, and see the things that truly define youth ministry? So I guess a better question would be, in, in, in your view, in your personal opinion, what are some of the things that define that, that truly define a strong youth ministry for you? I think quality over quantity. Uh, it's not as important to have a large group as it is as it is to have a clean group. So I think that the the problem with numbers is that 
if there will be times where I think some leaders would want to will want to compromise, and compromise is not our place. We we are not here to change anything that has already been established by God. This is God's platform. This is God's ministry. This is God's way. And I think what defines a successful youth group is quality, good, clean. Uh, if you have a, a group of 10 that love God, that are winning souls uh, versus a, a large group of 100 that are just doing whatever it is they want. Yeah, it's, it's time for service. And they get up there and they put on a good, uh, you know, they're playing good. They're preaching good. They're doing whatever it is they're good at in their talent. But uh, off the platform, they're doing something else. They're living a different lifestyle. They're, they're, they're you know, not doing godly things in other places. You know, yeah, again, it looks good. But, you know, is it what God wants? No, you know. I'd rather, again, have a group of 10 that are in love with God. They may not be the best singers. They may not be the best at, at, at doing a lot of things, but if they're in love with God and they're serving him, I think that's that's success right there. Man, that, that is so, so good. And actually, that what you said right there is exactly what one of my f- closer friends uh, told me that was already experienced in youth ministry and I was barely getting started. And I I don't know if he saw something in me, but he mentioned that and we talked about that and said exactly the same thing. I would much rather have 10 young people that are devoted, committed, and willing, willing to be and willing to do this walk and willing to do it and, and and completely in love with Jesus than a hundred that are cold. And that right there, that phrase has stuck with me. Uh, over the years, and that has helped me just simply that not falling into the numbers trap, you know. But when you're talking about young people, everybody is different, and you have different type of temperaments and personalities, and everything varies so drastically from person to person, and that's normal, that's natural. You know, how does being familiar with the different temperaments and recognizing them help us to be effective in youth ministry? Because you have different types, right? You have people that are sanguine, they're more lively. You have people that are phlegmatic, they're, they're, they're more about the environment, they're very loyal and loving. Uh, you have maybe somebody that can be um, a little choleric, they're goal-oriented, you know, they're very, uh, very logical, um, melancholic, you know, a person that can be um, very traditional, um, but they're very big contributors as well. And, and all these temperaments and personalities are very important. And the reason why I mention that is because all of this kind of put together that forms the body of this group, uh, it, wor- it should work in your favor instead of working against you. Talk to me a little bit about that. It, it'll work against you if, if just that, brother, if you don't know what you're dealing with. So I'm by no means an expert in this in this subject, but uh, you know I took a small class in CTM when it first started, and it's what opened my eyes to this area, and it's made me you know dig a little deeper. And I found out there's a course they give in Bible College, also Texas Bible College. Uh, my wife took the course, and I think understanding because each one of these youth you're dealing with yourself also your family members understanding a little bit of why they act the way they act uh is going to help you to 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 bless them to to help them grow to lead them in the right direction so you you know the, the example you gave with sanguines they're 
they're very um, social people. You know, they love being out. They have their their shoes parked at the door. They're ready to go to that next that next event. So um, they they have you know pros and they have cons. They have things that are good about them. They have things that are negative about them. The the negative uh, to know them is isn't so that you could you know they could beat themselves up about it or that they could you know they're to help you. Uh, know where to place them at in your department, know, know how to help them. The same ones, again, are real social. They want to get out. So you want to use them for, for like evangelism. You want to use them to, to help, uh, uh, better your event. If you, or if they are outgoing, they, they kind of suffer a little bit on, on being on their own lot. So they, they constantly want to be with people knowing that, then you know how to help them. You know where to talk to them about phlegmatics, clerics. Clerics are real uh, strong temperament people, man. They're real strong. They they they're leaders. They 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 can control and delegate and 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 lead a group of people. But uh, they're very rude sometimes. They're they're very tough with people. Their words are pretty blunt. They think that that's the way you need to be with everybody. That uh, we need to tell people the truth. It's going to help them. Um, but knowing that about them, you can help them, you know, Hey, let's, let's take it down a notch, uh, be a little bit more understanding, helping them know that this is what they are, that they're a cleric, that they're a, uh, a sanguine, that they're a feminine, helping them and showing them they're going to understand. Cause that, that's what helped me, you know, that's what helped me understand why I felt what I felt sometimes it helped me control. I, I, I'm a cleric. Uh, um, in certain areas. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to be pretty, pretty straightforward, but knowing that, that my words could offend people and it helped me, you know, take control of that. It helped me with my kids. It helped me with my wife. Uh, it helped me with the youth group and knowing where to place them at if I was going to use them in, you know, some type of leadership, um, to help me identify which ones were the clerics to help me, uh, put them in leadership roles. The 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 melancholics were real, you know, technical. They're precise. They 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 like to calculate everything. You know, help them. You know, they could help you with a, you know, I guess the funds and counting and mm. taking attendance and stuff like that. Very good to know who they are because you'll 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 know where to place them at. But you'll more than anything you'll know how to counsel them. You'll know what to talk to them about and. I don't believe that it's it'll help you to not share this with them. I think sharing this with them, sharing what you know about uh, them, it help them understand themselves. I think that if any youth leader would take a small test, maybe there are tests that they offer, pass them out to the youth group. You know, first of all, take it for yourself, but also uh, learn a little bit about it. Bring the professional if you want to, but um, give out the tests to the youth, you know, let them take it. And when they get the results back, you can bring someone that can talk to them a a little bit about each, you know, each temperament. And at the same time, you're going to learn which one's which. Yeah, that's great advice. And and thank you for sharing that and being open with that. I know you've worked with that quite a bit. You've, you've been, uh, I would say, successful with it. You know, you've, you've learned about it. You've applied it and lived it. And that's huge being in, even in a pastoral role for, for someone that's in a pastor role, a leader, maybe a leader of a group, even even in more of a, a secular jobs. Um, 
you understanding people and their temperaments and understanding their personalities will help you put people in positions where they can be successful and where they're going to grow instead of frustrating them. And that's a huge role in being in any leadership position, whether that be in church or in, in the corporate world, wherever it is that you're leading people, you're still going to have temperaments. You're still going to have personalities and understanding how to place people in the correct positions where they're going to grow and be successful and maximize what they have to offer. I think that's huge. And, and thank you for sharing that because that that's going to help us understand more. And I know that there's so many different types of approaches. Now they have the Enneagram, they have, they, they categorize them a little different. And I think that goes more in depth of uh, just simply the, the temperaments and personalities. And, and that's also helpful as well. So something that I really wanted to include and one thing that I wanted to ask you about and, and to kind of touch on, because I know that this is a burden that you have in your heart just because you've mentioned it before and it, and it stuck with me. I want to talk about future generations. I want to talk about the future uh, young people and passing on the mantle. And it's inevitable in ministry. It's inevitable in what we do. And it's also biblical. How can we influence the next generation in a way that will impact long term and will also set them up for success in ministry and in life? You're, you're right, brother. I don't think that you are an effective leader or a true leader if you're not building up your next uh, successor, you know, someone that's going to take, take your place. Sometimes it is difficult to find someone uh, that will um, because sometimes an error on our part as leaders, sometimes we want somebody exactly like us. And <laughs> you're almost never going to find someone exactly like you. Yeah. Um, so you have to settle that they have to be, you know, you know, there for God and they have to be there with the same intentions to, to build up youth, to help them make it to the kingdom of God. And uh, I think that one of the, the best ways to do that is uh, instead of instead of reaching again the team, building a team, starting a team, finding a a couple that um, that is willing, or that you feel that might have potential through prayer and fasting, of course, uh, and start working through them instead of uh, uh, trying to reach out to all the youths like before. I, I believe that working through that couple working through that team and then let them uh, be your hands and feet to the youth. Let them reach out to the youth, let them counsel them, talk with them, uh, prepare events with them. I, and I think that that way you're pouring out into one person, into one couple versus trying to pour out into all these youth like, as before, you know, I think that if you can pour out all your time and energy and what, and what, what is biblical, what is it? Good, you know, holy doctrine. I don't know if you're, if I'm, yeah, if I'm being understood again. Absolutely. Like, if you work with these two, teach them man, the ways of God, what is true, what is right. Have Bible studies with them. Uh, you're working with two people versus a uh, hundred. But if you work with them too, those two are going to take over one day, and they're going to pour out into that hundred. You know what I mean? Right. So I think preparing people. Uh, your successors, the ones that will take over. I think it's very important. I think it's one way to, to, to make sure the next generation is going to be impacted the same way this generation is being impacted. 
I uh, don't believe in, again, compromising. We, we have to stay, uh, just like the Bible says, in the old ways. You know, prayer, fasting, good holy doctrine. And this is not ours to change, ours to decide. Uh, we're only here to teach whatever's written. To influence the next generation, instead of trying to reach all, reach a couple and let them reach the rest. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point. And and I know it can be repetitive, but that's that's what the role of the leader is. And at least part of the role is is being repetitive with the vision and repeating that vision and, and engraving that in, in in the mind of the group that you're leading. Because it's so easy nowadays to get caught up with with all the, the nuances, with, to get caught up with all of the of the flows, uh, with the social media is going on, with the with the posting and what everybody else is doing and this and that. It's so easy to get caught up in that and really kind of fall back from the, the root of it. And it's so important to repeat the vision, to stay close to the roots of the, the prayer, the fasting, the um, staying committed in, in our personal relationship. And that's going to. That's going to pour out, I think, and, and I really believe in that. I'm glad you mentioned that. But when we're talking about hyphen, and when I say hyphen, just for our audience, that so they can understand that that's the ages between 18 to 30, maybe with that young adult group, the, some of the older singles, maybe. So in the past, it it's been evident, and it's been an evident struggle to remain engaged with the young adults of that age range. In your opinion, why is that? Why is that so? And maybe what have we missed? What, what do you, in your opinion, what have we missed there that has engaged with that specific age group in our churches? As far as, I guess, Spanish ministries, what I've noticed is that we've, uh, we've kind of just bundled them up together with the, the younger, the younger ones. And we've just called them all youth. So I, this age group is, is completely different. You know, they're, they're, they're not thinking. So, you have 12 to 14, 15 year olds. They're thinking about me. They're thinking about now. They're thinking about this is this is the last time these pair of shoes are going are gonna to be out. I need to get them right now. This is the, the, there's going to be no other uh, party like this one. There's going to be no other guy. Like, I need it now. I need it right here. And they make a number of mistakes because of that, because they're thinking right here, right now. The, the 18 and 13, 30 range, they're thinking more about their futures. You'll see a lot of them. Uh, when they get into that age uh, group, they're they're starting to try to correct mistakes maybe they've made in the past, bad decisions they've made. Uh, they're trying to be a little more cautious in what they're doing, what they're thinking, because they are. They're thinking about their future now. So the, that age group, because we've tried to deal with the now in their lives and, and, and right here, right now, uh, that age group needs to be helped to prepare for their future. They need to be helped to to see where they're going to see themselves in in ten fifteen years, uh, and try to try to get, I guess, engage with them in that in that kind of you know preparing for college career. I guess it, again, it's looking towards the future. So I think again, what we're missing up on, or sometimes missed up on, is is putting together with the the younger ones, and that, that not only on a legal aspect is that could could be a big mistake but you you start to tend to put them as and, I, and i've heard this word be used as babysitters you know yeah and their needs are not met right their 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 events are not are not happening 
they're they're there to take care of the younger ones. They're there to pray for the younger ones, look after the younger ones, and and in a sense, they're neglected. You know, their needs uh, in the ministry are so different. You know, and where we by doing that, we miss them. We miss them. So they never found their place in church. They never found a ministry. They never found. Uh, they never got a hold of what God wants for them. Because they were so focused on helping others, which is good. You know, you want to help others, but you need to help them. You need to help them find their ministry, find their place in, in God. Some of them, and, and you've seen it with me, Brother Gagos, they, they started a career and that's all that's important anymore. They yeah. just want to have a career and they want to have a family and that's it. They're looking for someone to marry. And they're looking for a good job, you know, which is, which are, you know, important also, but they need ministry. They need to stay involved in the church. They just, those are our pastors. Those are our evangelists. Those are our, 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 our church. They're, they're the ones that are going to, uh, you know, if you, if you lose that generation, you're going to lose the next generation. Yeah, so, so good. again, I think what we mess up is bundling them together with the other, the, the younger ones. That is a great point. And there's so many different ways that we can cut that and we can make an entire episode just talking about that, you know, but that is such a great point. And, and that gets right to the heart of it, right to the root of it, bundling them together and not addressing um, maybe the needs or the conflicts or, or the challenges in, in the phase in the life that they're in. That's such a good point. Thank you for sharing that. I want to talk to the youth pastors and youth leaders for a moment. And as leaders, from time to time, we know that life gets heavy. Your life transitioning, because typical youth leaders, they're, they're going to be within that age range of maybe 18 to 25, 18 to 28, roughly somewhere in that window. And you're going through transitions yourself. And I know that because I went through that. I, there is things that I was trying to figure out about myself and about my life and things that I was working through at the same time where I'm trying to help someone else going through something heavier than that. So we know that life gets heavy. You go through transitions. You go through different types of growth spurts, changes in your life. What's an example of a healthy escape or a form of therapy when you feel you need to clear some headspace? You know, how is it that you manage that? How would you advise our youth pastors and leaders to, to care for themselves in that way? The, the, it's, again, um, the importance of having a team because I think that uh, vacations, are, are needed and in order for you to be able to take a vacation you're going to have to have a team in place to help mm. continue with the department That's so good. i think uh vacations are very 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 healthy escapes uh they kind of get you away from everything that's going on you're able to focus if you have a family focus on your family to be with your family uh if you're alone it just kind of takes you out of of the stressful environment that you're normally in, you know, uh, what's the next event? What's coming up? Do we have this? Do we have that? Is the preacher scheduled? Is this scheduled? So I think just to lay that in somebody else's hands and get away from it completely. Don't, you know, I, I think turning off your phone is important during this time. Uh, don't stay connected through social media. You, there needs to be a time for just you uh, and, and God, of course, you, you want to involve in God, you want to involve God in your escape. Some of the things, I guess, everybody's different according to their temperaments, I guess. But me, uh, I, sometimes I'll just take a drive. Sometimes, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, 
uh, of just getting away can be just as effective as taking a week vacation. You know, yeah. uh, I'll take a drive personally. That's me. I'll just get in my, my vehicle and I'll just take a drive. I'll, my phone will be off. And that that's my time of thinking, you know, fishing, fishing's good. People like fishing, uh, camping, uh, the idea of these places, camping, fishing, there are places that are, that are quiet. You're isolated from other people. Uh, and, and, you know, that's the best, the best therapy, I guess, because you're saying when, of course, they want to be with people, you know, and their therapy might be a little bit different, but the, the main idea is to, to, to disengage from the ministry, uh, you know, for a little while. Yeah, that is so good. You know, recreational uh, sports, recreational, just anything. Recreation doesn't necessarily have to be sports, but it can be something outdoors, anything that personal that you like. And I think a lot of leaders maybe put that off because, and they sacrifice that so much for the ministry that you forget about yourself and you get wrapped and you get so involved in what we're doing. And that's great. You know, that's admirable. That's honorable. But it's also important to take care of ourselves because if we're not 100%, then we're not doing justice for the people that we're serving. And if we're serving at yeah. 50%, 65%, 75%, we're not giving our entire self, then I think that, first of all, is not honoring God because we're not pouring out everything that he's given us and entrusted us with. And two, it's, it's, a, it's a disservice to the people we're serving. And I would much rather serve, and, and, I, and I feel that we share that same sentiment. We, I'd much rather serve at 100% or at least closest to that as possible, and, and it's hard to maintain that. But I would much rather give an entire healthy self than 50% to the people that I'm leading. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's so important. What are, and, and I guess before we bring this to a close, I, I really wanted to ask you this, and I think this is very, very important since we're talking about youth pastors and youth leaders and on that topic, what are some important practices for youth pastors, youth leaders that we should be doing in the background outside of the public eye in order to continue growing and being effective? What are those things that, that pour out into us that we can pour out into others um, in the background? You know, the things that no one sees, what are some of those things that that we need to be doing that help us grow apart from the healthiest escapes, brother i think just the you know the fundamentals prayer you know true fasting and and, and being in the word i think that uh being a youth leader or youth pastor or, or any kind of spiritual leader you have to be grounded and founded in the word of god you have to know what you're teaching them is truth you have to believe it and there's nothing wrong with doubting, but it, it becomes a problem if you doubt and you don't address it. So if, if we feel, and I, and I do, believe that we are in the truth, I believe that this is the truth, then you have to be able to, to in a way, persuade others. And the only way is, 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 is knowing the word of God, understanding it, and, and being able to teach it to others. It's, it's one thing to just preach it to them, but to actually open up the word, open up the scriptures and show them that we're not walking a blind faith, that there are facts, that there is proof, that there is evidence that, 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 that exists. Uh, and this is why we're doing it. This is why we're walking this lifestyle, you know, because of these, these things that are true. You know, people believe that we're just blindly walking, blindly believing that there's a God 
and that's it. It's it's a blind faith, and it's not. So I think uh, the practices that youth pastors and leaders need to do is to to get into the Word of God. Get into the Word. It's good to read other books. It's good to to maybe get an advice or an opinion uh, of a commentary, maybe. But it has to be based on the Word of God. It has to be there. That's the book that we're going to be judged by. So in order to be, again, effective and in order to continue to grow, you have to be founded in the Word. You have to be founded in prayer. You have to be founded in fasting, uh, studying the Word. I mean, it it might be just a a common answer. It may just be the answer that everybody gives, but it's still truth. It's the truth. Yeah. We need it. We need it. We need it. So many people will get away from it. Uh, I can think of a number of leaders and pastors over the years that have just given up to, to false, false doctrine because of that. You know, um, I was talking to a young man the other day, and he just stopped believing in God, he said. This is someone who mm-hmm. won souls, this is someone who, who, who ministered. And he just, I don't believe there's God anymore. Yeah. And I was like, just, just confused. But one of the things that I noticed that he said is that he does not have any Bible time. He doesn't have any prayer time. He doesn't have any fasting time. Because I asked him that, how much do you read? How much do you, fa-? well, you know, when I can, when I'm able to, you know, mm. that, that's the first mistake. So that, that, that would be my answer. Just the fundamentals, prayer, fasting, and, and, and being in the word. Yeah, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. And it's difficult falling away from that. And you're always going to find a, a different challenge whenever you do fall away from that. But as we bring this to a close, I, I want to ask you kind of like a fun question. And, and I want you to think back a little bit. And this is a two-part question, actually. And I know it's been 18 years, but I want you to think back your first two years in youth ministry, all the way back to the beginning, bro, the early days. What would you tell yourself? The young, the young Javier, the, the young brother Javier, what would you tell your younger self something that you know now in your first two years of youth ministry? I would tell myself that don't do it for recognition. Don't do it for recognition. People uh, are going to forget. People are going to leave. So if you do it, do it for God. I think some of the discouraging moments in my early ministry was that I was, uh, I would felt like we were pouring our heart into the ministry and certain people or certain youth, uh, parents, they just weren't very appreciative. They, you know, brought problems to us in a sense. And we just, I remember some nights I would think, man, just, uh, you know, are we doing it for nothing? You know, you know, it wasn't that I wanted recognition or wanted any of that. It just, uh, it, it's it's tough when you do and you do and you work and you work. Uh, it's like going to work every day, and you're the first one there. You're you're, you're putting 110 percent, and this other guy gets the promotion. Again, I'm yeah. not saying I want to be promoted, but I'm saying like in my first few years, I was just like, man, is 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 it is no one see what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I would tell them, don't do it for people, even though it's biblical. It's biblical, but sometimes we still we still think that. We still it still affects us, you know. Yeah. Don't do it for recognition. Just do it for God. And that's good. That's really good. So the second part of the question, 
there's someone out there, someone in the audience, maybe they're within their first few years of youth ministry or youth pastor, first year, maybe second, third year, somewhere in that early stages. What would you say to them? Stay away from this and do more of this. I think we sometimes we give up too soon. I would say don't give up too soon on a young person. Don't give up too soon on, on a service. If you see a service, and this is just a small example, but you can apply it in other areas. If you see a service moving, the hours passed. We're, we're 10 minutes past the, 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 the time that we scheduled to stop and, and, and move to offering. If you see that God is moving, I, I say push it a little bit more. Pray a little bit more. Reach out to them. Stay away from routine. Stay away from scheduling. Not, not in a bad sense. We want to plan. We want to prepare. God is a God of order. But I, I think that even if the hour comes, you don't want to just cut the service because the hour it's time to do move on to the next next area yeah. or the next part of the service or Good. program. Right. You know, flow, man. Let God move. Let God have His way. Um, and when I, when I say, I say that because in the area of reaching youth, sometimes there were some, some youth uh, that I thought that there's no hope for this person. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I remember asking God, you know, if there's nothing impossible for you, God, is there a heart that you can't reach? Is there a heart you can't touch God? Well, here you go, you know, show me. I remember praying that prayer for, for certain young people. And I think that if I would have stopped pushing on certain certain youth, they wouldn't be where they're at today. So I, I see some of them still 18 years later serving God. They're, they're doing great things. So many of them married in the, in the church, working in the church. I can name a, a number of couples right now. Uh, they were our youth before. And now they're married, working with working for God. Then maybe one or two of them I didn't think was, was possible. So I say don't give up. Don't give up on certain youth. And and let God have his way when you have your services, you know, uh, don't hurry them. I think that's great. You know, what should we be doing more of? This isn't a negative comment, please. I hope no one takes this negative. But a pizza party, a skate night, they'll never, uh, they're, not, they're not designed to save souls. They're designed to entertain. They're, they're designed to fellowship. Yeah. So I think we need to do more of what we're called to do, which is services, spiritual events. Never exclude the word of God in an event, no matter what event you have. Right. If, if, it's a, if it is a fellowship night, fellowship night with the word. The word of God is the, the foundation of everything we do. We know about God. We know what God wants. We know what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to live. We know everything through the word, how we're supposed to pray. So I think that we need to be involving the word more in every event that we do. Just take a moment. Everybody stop what you're doing. We're having a great time tonight. But why don't we take a moment? Just I want to share a word with you. And, and I think that we need to be doing more of that. Yeah. You know, that's excellent. That's excellent. And with that, Brother Velasquez, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this and being willing and, and as we close out, I, I want you to share with us a little bit about what's in your heart for leaders, what's in your heart for young people, the church of this next generation. Things, we know that things are going to continue being challenging. Uh, we know that there's still going to continue being difficulties in different areas. 
but share a little bit in order to close out what is in your heart right now for young people, youth leaders, the church of this next generation? I think we need to change with the times. Don't be scared of change. Change is good. The the pandemic that hit us uh, help, helped us realize how much we need to change. You know, we need to involve, you know, innovative ways to reach the youth. I think you need to do that. I think you need to change, try new things, but without leaving the the fundamentals of, of what we believe. Not not leaving the, the oneness, not leaving the to, you know the separation of the world, the prayer, fasting, holiness. Just if we leave those things out, because we think that we're going to scare people off. We think that they're going to get offended. We think that they're going to get mad. That they're not going to you know. We think that we're actually going to lose people by doing these things, you know, involving more prayer, more fasting, holiness. Uh, and, and contrary, this is what's going to bring them more. People, are, in, including young people, are tired of the same thing. They, they're looking for something. Uh, they're looking for change in their lives. They're looking for 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 to, to find themselves. You know, I've counseled a number of them. They don't know what they're here for. We were created to serve God and to serve God the way he wants us to serve him. So uh, I think that, again, change with time, you know, new, new things, new ways without leaving the, the, the foundation, you know, prayer, fasting, the word of God, holiness, the things that, that have, you know, kept us close to God. So. You know, I, I'm I'm 43, and I'm scared of losing the next generation to this world. You know, people that I thought would never turn, I've seen them turn. You know, and I thought to myself, what could possibly happen to somebody's heart to cause them to just give up on this? You know, and it's maybe not being founded not being uh, grounded in this truth. It's truth. It's what we believe and it's what we preach, you know, so. Yeah, that's so good. And that's exactly what the word teaches us, right? In Ephesians, you know, gird yourself with truth. And I love that. And um, thank you for opening up your heart the way you have today. Thank you for being generous with your time. And for me personally, seeing you from afar, um, and you may not, you may not know it, but you've been an influence to me. You know, I'm slightly little younger than you um, by a few years, not by much, but a few. And you were already doing it when I came in. And your life has been a testimony for me. And I've learned from you from afar. And, and that shows a lot of the power and the significance of your ministry and how you're called and not self-appointed. And the calling that you have over your life, even though you're 43 now, I think there's so much ahead of you. And there's so much more to give. And it may not always be in youth ministry, but at the same time, I feel like our hearts, once you're a youth pastor, truly at heart and in the roots and the deep down in the foundation of, of, of who we are, once a youth pastor, always a youth pastor, because even if you move on to other departments, other things, I know deep down that if a youth leader, a youth pastor calls you, texts you or approaches you, I know you're going to pour out your heart and I know how you are. And you know, the, the, I've done it. I've came up to you. We've started conversations 
and and I can do this all day. We can we can go on for so long, you know. And and I, but I want to be respectful of your time. But I just want you to know that your life has been a a testimony to me. Has been an influence to me. Your ministry has uh, overflown and 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 uh, affected me in in a positive way, and it's helped me learn and grow so much. Um, and thank you for being a pillar for the youth ministry for so many years and, and being devoted the way you have and doing things the right way. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you for being generous with your time for coming onto the platform. And I know that this is going to be a blessing for so many uh, youth leaders, pastors, youth groups. And I know this is very insightful. Um, but not only that, as we go forward and we're continue working, working in our respective churches, I know that your ministry, you and your wife, your family, you're going to continue impacting lives the way you have for such a long time. And uh, thank you for that. Man, brother, thank you so much. I know this is a, you know, podcast and we're trying to reach people with it. You know, I, I'm really appreciative that you invited me to this, to do this. I, I'll never turn down an invitation when it comes to the things of God. Uh, I'm humbled by your words. I really am. I, I never see myself as anything. I never tried to be anything. Uh, I just want to serve God. And if I can give one last bit of advice Absolutely. to myself and to anybody, it's just to stay active. Stay active. Just always stay active. I don't care how tired, how late. Uh, with your getaways and your, your times to rest, you know, use them. But always stay active in something. You know, that's what we need to do. Yeah. Time is, time is, is so short. Thank you, for, thank you uh, for your time and thank you for coming onto this platform. Thank you for being part of our conversation today. I will leave some links in the description below where you can connect with Brother Javier Velasquez. So don't forget to check that out. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love for you to subscribe and hey, receive a big warm welcome to the family. Also, you could help us reach others by leaving a good rating or a good review or even sharing it on social media. That would mean so much to me. In the meantime, I would love to connect with you. In the description below, you will find some links. You can also visit the blog page where you can find more helpful content like this at inspired2inspire.org. Inspired, the number two, inspire.org. And for now, continue moving forward in the direction God is leading you. Continue taking steps closer in becoming who God has intended you to be so you can be impactful in every area of your life. God bless, and we'll see you on the next one.